Hi, welcome to This Is Your Book Club podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. Welcome. We are back. I'm actually excited for this week. It's been a while. It does seem like that, and I have a pile. I do too. Of books on I my shelf. I have to narrow it down. And I just want to talk about all of them, because I've read some good ones lately. But I'll narrow it down to three, and I'll save the rest for the next time. Yes, I'm. that's what I did as well. But before okay. we yes. do that, Jamie, do you have a fun fact? Fun fact. So, Shark Heart. Woo! I keep looking at the cover. It's gorgeous. I love it. And if you go to her website, the cover of the book is there. And as you scroll up or down, at least on my phone, the shark scrolls up, but the seaweed in the bottom of the water stays there. So you kind of get this like immersive feeling. It's really, I sat and played with that far too long. (laughs) I am easily amused by things, obviously. I love it. So that amused me. Um, But... Our author, Emily Haybeck, Haybeck. She this is her first novel. And when I look for um, a bio on her, like her website has the smallest bio. Oh. And so I'm going to other websites and other things to look for a bio. Same. It's all the same. So I'm going to have to do some deep diving on her. Okay. But her um, bio on simonandschuster.com is Emily Haybeck is an alumna of SMU's Meadows School of the Arts, where she received a BFA in theater. Oh, right. Interesting. For yeah, different, as well as Vanderbilt Divinity School and Vanderbilt's Peabody College. She is from Ardmore, Oklahoma. Sharkheart is her first novel. Wow, that's all we know about her. We're going to need to find out more. I love it. She looks rather young. Well, that's exciting. But we'll find out for her. Yeah, it's that is quite the list of credentials still. Right, and when they talk about, um, she was in theater. Like, I, it just makes me even more interested in this book. I feel like, like people... The twin baby birds? Yes. Mm, the theater. We well, have I was baby going birds. to say, I feel yeah. like people in theater have quite the imagination. Yes. Like, they do dream big. I agree. And so, I feel like... Oh, this we're is looking exactly. at it. Now we're, wow. we're looking at the cover and the shark coming up past the that seaweed. That is cool. Why am I so humored by that? It is cool, but though. I, and it's just so beautiful. The colors, the brightness. Yeah. I just, I love I the cover. I feel like it softens the shark. Yeah. Like, it makes me think the there's flowers. more to him than just Just a, a mean, predatory right. animal. Right. Predatory That's animal. The feeling I get. Yeah. There's something soft it. and sweet in there. I love that. Um, and the flowers reminded, we had back to school night last night, and one of my little kindergartners gave brought me in this huge bouquet of flowers. No. He, like Darling. the size of his body. Oh my gosh. They were so huge. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I feel like Miss America. Wow. Like I'm holding this huge bouquet <laughs> of flowers. So fun. It was just a really sweet out of the norm. Yeah. For a back to school That's cool. Anyway, I love So looking that. at those flowers, it reminds me of that because it's very much that type of uh, bouquet. Yeah, I love that. Anyway, Bright and colorful. Nice and cheery. I love it. Yeah. Well, awesome, Jamie. Let's on your, Oh, let's take a break. Let's take a break. All right, we're back. And here we are to talk about what's on our shelf. Can't even wait. Go for it, Sarah. Okay. I think you're up first today. All right. Um, the first book I'm going to talk about is The Priory of the Orange Tree by Samantha Shannon. Um, hmm. This 
is a book that I have on Audible. Okay. So it's not from my local library. Mm-hmm. It is 1,800 pages long. Let me say that again. Well, my eyes just bugged out <laughs> of my head. It's actually 1,848 pages long. Oh, my. Yes. That is a long book. How many hours is that? It is, it was like 26 hours. Uh, Yeah. It was like 26 hours long. Um, It is fantasy. Yeah. 25 hours and 52 minutes. It's wow. the time. It was very, very, very wow. long. Which is why it sat in my library for a very long time. I was like, ooh, I don't know if I can invest <laughs> that much time in this book. But it had right. been recommended. It's been on a lot of lists, especially fantasy lists. The author just came out with like a prequel to mm-hmm. this book. So it's like the same storyline and city, but like years and years before the this book happened. So I thought... And it has really good reviews, too. But I thought, oh, I better start with the first book, right? Anyway, I really enjoyed this book. This is the story of, a, it's a new, different land. It's nothing like our world. Um, and they're separated, you know, northeast, south, and west. And each land has its own rulers and almost their own religion. Mm-hmm. And the way that they live in their communities and the way that they um honor their i mean they're not all honoring like a god some honor the tree and some honor like special saints right, right. so it's all every every land is just a little bit different and they've been separated and they all have feelings about each other and there's certain allies but you still keep them distant and um, they are a little bit connected. And so it's just jumping around from land to land with the different characters that are happening there. And you slowly start to see them become intertwined. And the land is kind of dying. And hmm. they all have different theories about that. And they're not exactly sure what's happening in other lands, right? Because they're not communicating well. And so they don't know if these things are only happening here. And the way that they look at these changes are all different because of the way that they worship yeah, and believe their beliefs. Their beliefs. And it's it's very, very interesting. And so um, there's, there's a little bit of magic. There's dragons. Sometimes some lands think the dragons should be honored and worshipped. Others call them worms and they're yeah. destroyers and they don't they, they want to kill the dragons um this is like how to train your dragon interesting yeah it is but maybe on like a more adult adult level level <laughs> yeah and then there's this orange tree which is being a lot of people don't even know about it and mm-hmm. one of the lands is taking care of it and hiding it but there is like a juice that you can drink from the tree and it gives mm-hmm. you like strength and it helps you um i mean i wouldn't call it magic but maybe give you like the the force right Mm -hmm. right yeah a little something extra little something extra and um how you know should that be shared yeah so there's just all these things happening it's a fun it's not a fun it's not just fun it's a very 
interwoven story. It's really well written. It's intricate. And there are layers. If you like fantasy, you would love this book. It's really well done. I don't know how authors can keep these kinds of stories straight because so much is happening. But I didn't feel lost. I will say it took me a minute to like learn characters and understand where each character fit. It doesn't take long. I just kind of, I just let, I didn't go back and try to memorize it. I was just like, well, okay, there's that character. And slowly but surely I'd be like, oh yeah, that character, this, right? right? So just keep with it and let that stuff flow. It'll all start to click. Would be my only tip. Other than that, like, I really enjoyed it. I gave it four stars. It's for sure a fantasy. If fantasy is not your genre, then it would just be another fantasy book. Yeah. That you probably don't want to give your time to. Not 26 or 20-something hours worth. Yes. But if fantasy is your thing, you would love it, and it would totally be worth your time. Yeah. So that's that's my take on it. I am, like, one foot in fantasy and one foot out of Uh fantasy. And I'm not angry for the time spent. I enjoyed it. It was a good book. Yeah. And I thought it was good. Awesome. But it wasn't like, oh, it's the best book I've ever read because I'm one foot in. That makes sense. Complete sense. So that's my my thing. It's called The Priory of the Orange Tree. And it's by Samantha Shannon. Four stars. Fantastic. All right. My first book today is um, a nonfiction. It's called Belonging, A German Reckons with History and Home. Oh. This was super interesting. I got this recommendation off of um, one of my friends Goodreads page. She read it and did a review on it. And I was like, oh, that sounds good. So it's short. It's a quick, um, unlike yours, it's a quick read. This book came out in 2018. The uh, the author, Nora Krug, and it's 288 pages long. So um, a pretty easy read. Super interesting. Things I had never thought about before. So Nora Krug is her family. She's from Germany. Her family history is in Germany. And she doesn't, she's trying to comprehend. She's trying to make sense of her family history and then the history of Germany. Yeah. And how they intertwine. And, and for the time, a lot of people who are from Germany, after World War II, didn't want to put their country of origin. Yeah. It was an embarrassment. It was like a, you, yeah, you didn't want to say anything about it because you were embarrassed or people judged you. Shunned you. Yes. Or shunned you or you mm-hmm. couldn't, you were treated differently. And so her grandparents were, um, you know, of, the, of that generation and her parents coming up after. And so she knows Germany's history, but there's not, a lot of German pride that was taught. It's just kind of that's where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And so she decides she moves to the U.S. and is here and even more intensely decides at that point she wants to know what her family history is because no one ever talks about what her family did when during the Nazi regime. Yeah. What exactly were they involved? Mm-hmm. Were they with the Nazis? What did they do? How did it affect their life? She knows no family history of that time. So she goes back to Germany and she just really starts researching her family and talking to different people and looking up reports and going to the city. Like it is a struggle wow. to go down and find out. But she does find the story of her 
um, grandparents, great grandparents and find out how it affected their lives, what they did before the war and during the war. And it really helped her gain pride in her family, pride in her country. Yeah. For the other side of where she came, the good parts of where she came from. And to know what it was like for her family, if they, you know, did they believe what the Nazis was doing was good? Or did they just have to go along with it? to spare their lives. So super, super interesting look into the past of a German family, German history. And I, it was really good. I gave it four stars. That's awesome. It's called Belonging, A German Reckons with History and Home by Nora Krug. Wow. That sounds like a good one. That touches kind of close to home. Yeah. So, right. I'll just look quick. Father-in-law German. Yes. And to hear their history, like he never taught his children German because it was he was a little ashamed of it. Right. There's and little he didn't things want like the that. shame to go on them. Right. If they went out and spoke German. He says now, now he's 88 years old, and he says now that's a regret. He wishes he would have passed that along. And passed that German heritage. Because now that time, time and space allows the acceptance of the good stuff. Right. And so right. he's starting to... To see that that could have been beneficial, but at the time... Yeah. And you have to go with what you feel and what you know at the time. Yep. But I can understand a regret. It's just really interesting. I would love to read that book. It sounds like yeah. it might I think, touch close to home. Yeah. I think you'd really enjoy it. Cool. Good read. Awesome. All right. Um, The next book I'm going to talk about is called Spells for Forgetting by Adrian Young. This is a really pretty cover. Um, I've been looking at this one for a while, but I was a little hesitant. I don't, I just think I had an idea of what the book was going to be like. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't want to do magic. And so I kept putting it off, but it's really not about magic. (laughs) Um, even though it feels that way when you read the description. So I will tell you that it's not what it seems. Mm -hmm. This is the story of, um, a town that on an island. It's in the Puget Sound. They are like a very tight knit community. Once you are there, you never leave. Like they talk, it's very much like folklore that if you ever left the island, if you're born and raised on the island, if you, le- if you try to leave, mm-hmm. the island will always call you home. Like mm. you really can't get far. Um, and you will always end up back. And so most people don't even leave. They just stay and you just take over your parents' jobs and the island continues and the town continues. Um, they, a big part of their community is tourism. Just during the summer months, they have mm-hmm. an apple orchard that really just is the center of the town and people work there and they make money when the tourists come to the orchard to get there, you know, to come see the orchard apple and visit the orchard. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but we start. Um, kind of at the end of the story, when mm-hmm. uh, one of their own is coming home. It's been like 14 years since he's been gone, and they don't want him here. Mm. And so you're trying to understand maybe why he isn't being like, welcomed back Why he's home. so shunned. And he's there to bury the ashes of his mother, mm-hmm. who was also born and raised on the island. So you're trying to understand why did they leave and why do they... Are they not welcome? And then you kind of get jumps back and forth from current time to the past and what led them here. And it's the story of four friends in high school and 
two of them are boyfriend and girlfriend. They are planning to leave the island, but they're stuck there and all the things that that entails. One night, there is a tragic fire. Uh, The orchard is on fire. The whole town comes to save the orchard, which is like the town's livelihood. When it's all said and done and they get the fire out, they realize that one of these four are missing and she they find her dead how did she die um if they weren't taking care of the fire maybe she would be okay and it's all the things entangled there is like a small like what rope of magic Mm -hmm. that is passed down through the generations it's like let's read the tea leaves type Uh, of magic um it's said that each family has like a book of spells that might help you get sleep or not have nightmares or um be focused those kinds of things it's really not a big part of the story but it does run in like a current through the book yeah um a little bit of that it's it's a good story and i really liked the characters you know overcoming judgment um what are people's real intentions like Mm -hmm. who do we really understand who people are and what they what their true desire desires are and are they well intentioned Mm -hmm. or hurtful and who who yeah. maybe we're wrong about who we're trusting. Anyway, it right. was good. I liked good. it. I gave it three stars. It's called Spells for Forgiving by Adrian Young. Ooh, sounds good. All right, the next one I wrote, I not wrote. I wish I wrote books, <laughs> but no. The next one I read is Riley Sager's new book, The Ooh. Only One Left. Ooh, we love Riley Sager. I do love Riley Sager's. This came out in June. I was on the waiting list for it forever, so I was super excited when I got it. And it did not disappoint. It was really good. It kind of reminded me of... um, I've read a couple, like The Shadow Man, Uh where they had the, the schoolyard chant... That like the folklore of the shadow man or the acorn. There was another one I read yes. about the creepy acorn man. Yes. Anyway, this goes right down that alley. Um, in 1929, there is a family. So I'm on the opposite coast of you. This is in Maine. It's right on the coast. And it's there's this huge house up on the cliffs. And there's all this folklore about this house and all these stories. Um, and there's a little school yard chant that goes at 17 lenora hope hung her sister with a rope and then um the it goes on in the next part um says uh stabbed her father with a knife took her mother's happy life so this in 1929 this all happened there were deaths in the home there was suspiciousness everyone thought it was lenora who did it to her family but the police could not prove it So it was just left as is, and this family continued to live in this huge house all on their own and didn't interact with the people in town. Mm. So come around to, it's it's in the 80s, 1983, and there is a home health care nurse. Her name's Kit, and she um, is in a really 
dark time of her life. She is having to take a no paid leave of absence from work for some stuff that, you know, I'm not, I won't reveal anything that comes up in the book, but um, she is forced to take this no paid leave of absence. And her first job coming back after being gone for six months is the caretaker at the house of Lenora. So Lenora is quite a bit older now. Nobody in town, like there's rumors about what happened. She knows some things about um, Lenora afterwards, but no one's seen her. She doesn't leave the home. Um, The people who care for the home and the landscaping live at the home and the landscaping and they don't interact with town. So once she finds out who this is, she can't really say no to the job. She's been gone six months and she's feeling like she should just be appreciative that they're letting her come back with this same organization. So a home health care nurse, she gets reassigned to different places. And this assignment is to live in the home and be the caretaker of Lenora. Wow. And so while she's there, like the house is decrepit, it's falling apart. They really haven't been able to keep it going, but also it's on the edge of a cliff and the house is falling apart. So like on the second floor, this floor is completely slanted, like Uh. visibly slanted. And when the wind blows, it creaks and waves. And so it's a creepy setting. Mm -hmm. And um, there, there is some stuff going on and she's not unsure of what really happened. Is Lenora a murderer? Is there a murderer in the house? Was it somebody else? She doesn't feel safe. She doesn't feel comfortable, but she's there. And I'll leave it at that. Ooh. I gave it four stars. Ooh. It's a good creeper. It's a good whodunit. Um, once again, I just enjoy, I really enjoy Riley Sager. Yeah, he writes he does a, a good, good suspense oh, book. It's on so, my list. There you go. I loved it. So fun. Cool. Well done. That one does sound like a good one. All right. um, The last one I'm going to talk about today is The Wildling Sisters by Eve Chase. Okay. This is like a historical fiction slash current day, right? Like where they kind of jump back and forth. Um, It's... It starts out where you are following this woman. She is recently married. Well, like they've been married for like a year. Um, He is a widow and has a teenage daughter. Together they now have a toddler. So maybe they've been married a few years. But she kind of lives in the shadow of his previous wife who has passed away. Okay. Um, She died of cancer and was perfect especially according to teenage stepdaughter Mm -hmm. and teenage stepdaughter doesn't even want her around so there is a lot of conflict happening at their house this she this stepdaughter is struggling in school she's struggling with friends it's they live in the city in london and they feel like she is flailing and they they have to do something about it. So they decide they're going to move to the country to get her out of the school, out of the city and start fresh in a smaller town, slower paced life. Mm-hmm. And so um, they find this old home in the country and they move in. She is not happy about it. Right. But the, but the woman, the wife, the new wife is very happy. She mm-hmm. loves it. She it's dreamy. It's idyllic. And she's really excited to start new. And um, 
the dad is committed to making this change. He's figured out a way to work remotely, except something happens with his business. And he, right as the move happens, he ends up having to spend more time in the city. Okay. So it really ends up being uh, mom and stepdaughter most of the time with the toddler, right? That is um, her biological child. They find that this house has a history. It's um, has a story all of its own, which is why it was available at such a good deal, right? There's always a catch. And this house comes with its own ghosts, right? It, not literally, but a story that, that makes people stay away. So the neighbors aren't super, they won't come inside. They just, they all kind of steer clear. Uh There was a girl uh, years before who vanished from this home and they never did find out what happened to her. And she um, is just, the parents were devastated. They stay, you know, and they end up being the ones who even sell the house. You know, they left it to family right. members and the family members end up are like selling it. Okay. So this, it becomes this intertwining story of what happened to this girl who went missing and how this family um, learns to be a family in real time. Okay. So it's jumping back and forth between the two stories. It was great. I love this kind of story. Yeah. Um, I love historical fictions. I love England story, like a story set it's in all England. the right, right settings. Right? And right. Yeah. It was yeah. wonderful. I really liked the characters. There were certainly things that were happening between mother stepmother and stepdaughter that made me go come on you know we Mm -hmm. can do better you guys can do better um and where's the husband and all of this like supporting Mm -hmm. both it wasn't really working and there were some missteps but i loved the way it ended i really enjoyed the story i gave it four stars um if you like those kinds of things where you're maybe solving a mystery from the past right with a little bit of real life or real time mixed in it was perfect i really enjoyed it it's called the wildings wildling sisters wildling sister awesome and you gave it four stars four stars yeah awesome some good picks today yeah all right i'm gonna wrap mine up with uh please no judgments on here this is the weirdest book i've probably (laughs) ever read and when i say the title you're gonna be like what what did you just say that? Uh-huh. Okay, so the book that I read is called Raw Dog, The Naked Truth About Hot Dogs. Oh my goodness. By Jamie Loftus. So did you ever want to know Did you just read full- a book about real hot dogs? About like hot actual dogs. Actual hot dogs. Uh-huh. You um, read that. I read it. A book about hot dogs. How was that, Jamie? And, well, when I saw the title the cover is red and then raw dog is written in mustard of course because it's about hot dogs and so when i saw that i laughed out loud i'm like raw dog is this a book about hot dogs sure enough it is and i was like well i think i have to read it because i just say that it's 320 pages long (laughs) like this isn't like a short little short book no no. Now, Jamie Loftus is a comedian. I did not know her before this book. I I love to watch stand-up comedy on uh, Netflix. You give me a stand-up comedian, 
that every night. I put one on, I relax in bed, I, but I don't, I don't know her. Okay. So Jamie Loftus during, it was kind of in between the two big waves of the pandemic. So the summer of 2021, she um, decides to write this book about the naked truth about hot dogs. So her plan is major road trip all over the United States, hitting all the historic famous places that serve hot dogs. Um, hot dogs are so American. They're really not an American food. So why are we so patriotically all about hot dogs? <laughs> they are served in at sporting events. They're served. How did they end up being served at a 7-Eleven gas station and being a popular item there? So it's all the different kinds of hot dogs in all because every area has a different way to make their hot dogs. Oh, how they're cooked. People are very serious about the snap of a hot dog when you bite in. Interesting. I did not know that. The casing that the hot dog is in and how it's cooked. Is it grilled? Is it boiled? Is it all the different things? What do you put on your hot dog? Do you put, do you serve it with mustard? And it's kind of like a sin to not serve it with mustard. Oh. Um, but ketchup, salsa, mustard. all the different things you would put on hot dog. Ew. And you would not believe some of the things that some places put on a hot dog and claim it's the world's best hot dog. <laughs> but she goes everywhere. She talks about factories that do that produce hot dogs. She talks about the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile and how you get a job as a driver of the Wienermobile. Have you ever thought of that? Never. Nope, me neither. It's a big deal. And there's rules like Women can't drive alone on the Wienermobile, so they have to be paired with a male because people follow the Wienermobile. They will hound them down. They see it on the road and they follow the Wienermobile and then stop in the parking lot and want to get pictures with it. Oh, and so women crazy. aren't allowed to drive the Wienermobile by themselves. Interesting. You know, this is super useless information. <laughs> but for some reason, I found it. Slightly fascinating. I'm okay. not going to say completely fascinating, but she puts out this whole plan to go to all these different places, and then she writes up on all of them. Now, I will say she's a bit crass. Okay. So there is, you know, some, I'll just, that's the warning there. There's some crassness in there. You think All American Hot Dog, this is going to be a good wholesome book? No. Uh, she's a comedian. She well, there's, other, there's another dark side of hot dogs. There's a dark side of hot dogs, yes. <laughs> but also it being in the pandemic, it's a lot of American history and American society and to talk about the pandemic in different places, like who's requiring you to wear masks, who's still open and serving, who's not. And they talk specifically about one um, hot dog factory that the government wouldn't claim the factory or said the factory was essential workers and that they had to come to work. Okay. They didn't claim them or say that they could be non-essential workers. So they had Hot to come to work. Hot dog were essential. Were considered essential workers. Wow. Now, I don't know who makes in, those decisions. Who was making that decision? Of course they talked about Trump, the president at the time, but they were considered essential workers and had to go to work and a very large percentage of their factory got COVID and a large percentage of those with COVID did end up dying. And so there's discussion of that like what was the right you know, we can always look back on things and say, "Ooh, that was the wrong thing to do." But was, but was it right at the time? Hot dogs are cheap. Um 
a lot of our country eats or is it's necessary for them to find inexpensive, easy to cook foods. Right. And hot dogs fit into that. So was it essential? Hmm. Who knows? So anyway, hmm. it's all over the place with That's hot dog funny. talk. And I was somewhat humored by the fact that I was reading a dog, reading a dog, reading a book about hot dogs. I gave it three stars. Is it is awesome. nothing great up there, but <laughs> somewhat entertaining <sighs> as I was. I mean, it's not something I had to closely pay, pay attention to. So while I was setting up my class, but my classroom, I will always think of hot, hot dogs, dogs. <laughs> when I think of the time spent putting my room together this year. I love it. That's awesome. There you go. Raw Dog by Jamie Loftus, three stars. That's awesome. I've got some good ones today. So random. Love to hear from you. If you've read any of these or if you have some recommendations for us, we would love to hear from you. Obviously, I'll read anything. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram or Facebook. You can email us at thisisyourbookclubpodcast at gmail.com. Please rate and subscribe. Share with your friends. Thank you to Amphibia Sue for our music. And we'll see you next time. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. And, and this, this is, is your book club. club. Oh, 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 oh,